Welcome to another edition of Sound and Board. Now, Nick, before you make the tea, I have a small present for you. Well, I was just about to say, I've got, I've got the mugs out, I've got the teapot out, I was just about to put it in, and yeah, I'm yeah, wrenching no, no. it out of my hand. There you go. Ooh, more Russian caravan. Very nice, thank you very much. I found right. some, I found some in, a, in a market in Stanford. Right, yeah, because the first one I got was a little market in Cambridge, right. I believe. Um, right, so you see, I need, I need different mugs now. Okay, so you, you go and do that. I'm going to just talk us through um, the podcast. So this week, I wanted to talk about language. Yeah, and I've had loads and loads of stuff prepared. Um, but obviously, in the meantime, there's been lots of talk around about parliamentary language and what, you, what politicians can and cannot say. But I thought if I, if I get my stuff out of the way first, and then we could, we could talk about that a little bit later. Sounds, sounds good. I mean, we, we did have chats about stuff we wanted to talk about uh, about a week ago, didn't we? We were going to talk about words, we were going to talk about language. And then suddenly the whole of the week has just been dominated by whether or not parliamentary language it should be scrutinised more if, they were, if Boris Johnson and Geoffrey Cox should be banned from using particular phrases and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it feels like the right, right time to talk about it. But right, I'm going to make a cup of tea. Okay, you make the tea, I'm going to talk about language in general. Okay. Okay, so you can, you can categorise languages into different ways. There's two main, two common ways you can categorise them. One of them is natural and one of them is formal. Okay, natural languages and formal yep. languages. So natural languages uh, are what people speak. Um, English, Russian, for example. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're not designed by people, they tend to evolve naturally over time. Whereas formal languages, these are the languages that are specifically designed by people for specific purposes. Things like maths notation. Well, yeah, and you're talking programming about... Programming I was going to say, you're talking about like software development, exactly. So a, a language that, kind of by very definition, has to be very strict. Yeah, they have very, very strict syntaxes. Um, and now syntaxes are not syntaxes. Syntax. <laughs> not like the health secretary would like. No, 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 no. Syntaxes. So they're made up of tokens and structure. So tokens are okay. things like words, numbers, and the structure is the how you, uh, yeah, the, the order. How you put them together. Exactly. Um, chemical symbols, for example, would be, would be tokens. Um, how you combine them together. So, for example, Russian caravan, uh, not caravan Russian. I mean, you probably still understand. Um, well, and there are obviously there are different languages that do put things in different orders, um, and you know English is quite different from a lot of other European languages in the order that we put our words. Correct, but if um, if, if I say them uh, in a different order, you probably understand. But a, a computer, a computer wouldn't if I was programming incorrectly. Yes. So formal languages tend to be very very strict. Okay. And when you when you, for example, if I said a sentence, mentally in your head, you have to kind of work out the tokens and the structure and the syntax. And you kind of translate that. That's called that's called parsing, which is yep. again what what what, uh, what computers do. Now you would do it naturally yep. now when I'm, when I'm talking to you in English. But again, with computers and formal languages, it has to be a lot more a lot more structured. If I was reading to you a formal language, you'd probably take a little bit more time, even if you knew that language. If it was like PHP or, or whatever, yeah, it would still take you slightly longer to to parse that information. Yeah. Now. Formal and natural languages, they do have quite a few things in common. They do have the tokens and the structure and the syntax. Yeah. But there are noticeable differences between the two. So I'm just going to rattle through these and then we can perhaps discuss them afterwards. Okay. So the first one is ambiguity. So natural languages tend to be a bit more ambiguous. Um, they, you tend to need context to understand, um, which is why uh, they tend to be, there tends to be more redundancy in natural languages. 
So you have to repeat yourself a few times. Okay, yeah. So you, to you, put your point across. You, you find yourself uh, saying the same thing three different ways to make sure you're understood. Correct. So um, uh, formal languages are designed to be specifically unambiguous. Well, contextless. Correct, yes. Completely void of any context. Yeah. Um, but it's the context that is in, as, almost as important. In fact, well, with if I'm speaking to you, the context is very important, isn't it? And is this, I think I know where you're going to get to, aren't you, with this, is, which is you know, the kind of the culture that we see at the moment and certainly, you know, speaking online and stuff like this, I take it that's where you're going to... I'm going, going to, to. I'm, going to, I'm going to get on to that point. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, formal languages uh, are designed to be void of any context. And they're also, there's very little redundancy, so they tend to be more concise as well. Yeah. Um, now, natural languages are full of metaphors and idioms and, and, and this kind of thing. You know, yes. The cat's out of the bag, these sorts of expressions. Yeah, you'd, uh, never, you'd never use anything like that in a... With a formal language, it's exactly, a formal structure, yeah. Exactly what you say. Um, Formal languages tend to be a little bit harder to read and write as well. Um, yeah, it just it, it takes you it takes you a little bit longer. Now, the reason I'm I'm talking about all this, and I know it's been talked about in the past. I know Orwell spoke about changing la- or yeah, changing of language, and you know, with his like double plus good and crime think and, and all yeah. that kind of thing. I think the language is is being deliberately changed, but I think it's being changed. And this could be subconscious, but from being more of a natural language to a formal language. So I think thing, things are deliberately taken out of context to the point where you, you, you must really think about everything that you say and say it very specifically, because in 10 minutes' time or a year's time, that's not going to be any good. All right, so you think that's, um, well, that, that, that's kind of what the... It's the other, I, mean, so I want to call them the enemies of language I want, want to use, but certainly this is that, that leftist woke culture, isn't it, that you're talking about. Uh, and it's, to me, it's very, very deliberate in its um, attempt to take things out of context in order to conform to a particular worldview. But you see, I think that any attempt to formalise it it just ends up with um, too many problems, doesn't it? And not, not least of which is that the worldview of the person or the people that are trying to formalise the language keeps changing. And so they're even getting kind of unstuck week on, week out, month on, month out. You know, what, what, what was the correct and right thing to say a year or two years ago isn't the right thing to say now. And that's obviously at its most extreme when you go back 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. 100 years you now can be um you know ridiculed and uh um you know uh, you, it, someone can try and get you sacked online or whatever if you if you said something 20 years ago that is not considered now to be of the right standard but you see i i, I just think that's always going to end in in problem yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's working very well because you see the left eating themselves now uh, yeah as well as everybody else i mean there was the the toby young Affair uh, a year or so ago, uh, when yeah. They, they dug out his tweet archaeology or whatever I think he called it. Twitter archaeology. Twitter yeah. archaeology, where he they dug out his tweets from ten years ago, um, read them out of context, and, and got him fired from his well, okay. position in the government. How about uh, how about the Roger Scruton affair then, which actually um, did kind of resolve itself over a period of time, and not least of which because there were uh, journalists and others kind of campaigning. Um, 
for uh, for what was actually said to come out. And again, this comes back to well, that was context. months, wasn't it? it took months oh, yes, and months. But it did happen, uh, and in fact, the government then offered him his position back, I think, or something, didn't they? But what, um, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? Oh, absolutely. It should have been completely the other way around. I can understand that perhaps taking them a while to come to the conclusion that they were right not to fire him. But, but also, I mean, I, I agree, I think, and I think the, the actions of um, the, the government minister in that... Brokenshire. Uh, James Brokenshire, was it? Yeah. Um, were, were appalling. Um, but if you look at the journalist who interviewed George Roger Scruton, Skru- yeah. Um, and that's, that's not journalism. I mean, it's not, is it? That's activism, what he did. He interviewed someone and, and cherry-picked the quotes and, and, and deliberately showed it out of context in order to show, some, show him in a, in a terrible light. Well, he left, he left, he left out the context deliberately yes. in some parts and just, just put, these, put these sentences which would have sounded perfectly normal with the context, but then just displayed them on their own. Yes, to get him fired, and then tweeted a bottle of a, a picture of him with a bottle of with champagne. A bottle of champagne, no, terrible, awful. Right, time for you to have your tea. Here you go. Let's right. go and take this over there. Welcome back on this very rainy evening. Now we're in our normal podcast spot, but we're above a roofland or below a roof lantern, and you might be able to hear the. The raindrops we've, on the ceiling. We've done pretty well so far with our recordings this year, not having any rain Considering background noise. we are in Britain, yes. we have done very well. Yeah. Anyway, language. Yes. Uh, so you were talking before about the difference between formal and uh, natural language. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Um, so I just want to get the terminology right. <laughs> uh, but um, one observation I've got is that uh, the, 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 the woke culture uh, has this very binary view on things now I- in terms of things being either good or bad. There are no shades of grey. And it's this lack of nuance that, that, that I really struggle with because there are shades of grey. You do need to explain it. It's, it's, it's in the nuance that comes the context comes the background and a statement on Twitter is deliberately short now yes you can tweet more than once or whatever um, but there's no way of expanding a, a, a particularly um, detailed argument uh, on Twitter you're just making short statements um, and, and even to be fair even in a, a more longer form article it can it can be difficult to do yet yet the left just like to say no it's either good or bad right or wrong uh, and well actually woe, woe betide actually if you're if you're either on the right or on the side of um, of, of less government um, because actually anything anything even slightly towards that direction and you'll be wrong whereas if you're from the left in the first place um, then uh, then yeah, you're going on a journey or whatever if you're just only slightly slightly off there well, yeah, they tend to be they tend to be very one-sided when they look at their arguments as well. So, what well, is one rule for them and one rule for everyone? No, else. no I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm, right. I'm talking about if you've got if you're trying to make a decision on some policy area or, or, or anything at all, really, they tend to only look at it from the angle of who they perceive the loser to be. Right. 
So, for example, if, we're, if, if we're talking about, uh, I don't know, uh, trans women using bathrooms, right. they, they only look at it from the point of view that, that you're potentially taking away the right of this trans woman to use this bathroom. Oh, so this is this is they're not thinking of, they're, they're not thinking of the other side. Yes. Which is uh, okay. What if you're the parent of a young child and you don't want someone who's born biologically male in yeah. the same bathroom? So they, they only tend to, to look at it from one side. It's the same with when when Marx talks about uh, employment being evil, because he's saying, well, the capitalist is employing people and he's employing them for less than they're worth to him, and he's making a profit, and that's bad. They don't look at it from the other side. The employee is actually they're getting mon- the, the money that they're earning. Is worth more than their time, so yes. they're both getting a good deal. Yeah. So they tend to they tend to be very very one sided. They're not, they're not good at looking at, at the whole picture. Um, but you're right; it is it is very it is very binary, which which <laughs> conveniently leads me on to my other my, my my next point. Did you read that article by Douglas Murray? In oh, is this Think about the Telegraph? Is this about Sam Smith? About Sam Smith? <laughs> yes, I did. <clears throat> yeah, it was brilliant. So. And I saw, well, no, let, let, I was going to say, I, I saw a bit of the Today programme. I saw a recording of the Today programme. Did you see that the day after? Uh, I, yeah, I saw someone post give, a, give the Give the context. Okay, so Sam Smith uh, is a very talented singer. He came out a few years ago as gay. He came out as gay. And then a couple of years later, he came out ge- as genderqueer. Genderqueer. Which, I still don't really know what that means. Is that the one that you can be male and then half an hour later you can be female and then the next day you can be male well, I thought again. that was gender fluid. Well, gender queer is where you don't know what your gender is, no? Okay, in which case I'm now confused because he came out last week or whenever it was as non-binary, which is what I... Th- so is, is, what's the difference between non-binary and gender queer? I don't know. Because non- non-binary is not, is, is not either, is it? It's like, whatever, whatever you know, it's... Well, nobody knows, and this is the problem. Albeit, I think the point you're going to come on to well, so is, the, the, is the, the pronoun more, The more important thing was he, he then said, my pronouns are now going to be they, them. And Douglas Murray wrote a fantastic article about how he wasn't going to use these pronouns. And he well, So these are, these are plural pr- pronouns, aren't they? And mostly, they, you can... And they're also used when you don't know. Yeah, they can repair awkward sentences when you don't know the sex or the gender of the person you're talking about. You yeah. can say, what do they want, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he wrote an article about how he wasn't going to use those pronouns because he didn't want to butcher the English language. It was great, but I don't think he went far enough. Well, you see, most people thought he did, but I no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm just going to go a little bit further. So I, I reject the whole premise of people having their pronouns. You know, you know, the, like um, what in terms of ownership? Yeah. So you know, um, I, you know, the question: uh, When did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> so well, it's, it's, it's I wanted to come on to Jeffrey Cox later because that was something he said in well, that, Parliament that, that, that's week. a classic and when, when somebody asks you something like that you need to reject the whole thing Yes. so my point is that nobody owns their pronouns they're not your pronouns if I say them, they're mine didn't you say to me the, the other day that uh, there are people who go around with like you know um, necklaces on with like oh, well, that, that's, so that's what I think. These well, maybe it's not gender queer. Maybe it's gender fluid. Then so you can yeah you can you can buy these necklaces that have lots and lots of different pronouns on, and then you just show the, the <laughs> dog tag or whatever it is of the pronoun that you are at the moment. Um, heaven heaven forbid that you should be on the phone to one of these people. Well yeah, or if you if you turn around, change it quickly, turn back again, and they get your pronoun wrong, well, then they they obviously misgendered you and they're a fascist. 
But but my point is, they're not your pronouns. If I'm speaking to you about somebody else, the chances are they're not even here anyway, so it doesn't matter. And and anyway, if I if I'm talking, I would have to be offended on their behalf. I suppose. If I'm, well, if I'm talking about a third person, the the aim of, of of my speech is so that you understand what I'm saying, so that if I think somebody looks like a man, like if I saw Sam Smith standing over there, yeah, I would say, look at him over He's there. He's a bit mannish. I would say look at look at him over there because it, it, yeah. it will just demonstrate to you that's who I'm talking about, not the lady standing next to him. Yes. I wouldn't say look. If I, if I said look at them over there, you'd look at both of them. You'd look at both of them, yes. Um, so the whole point of language is getting the point across. And if I need to get the point across to you by using whatever pronouns I think are appropriate, that's fine because it's my language. They're not yours. It's not, it's not like your name. Yeah. These are terms that I would use well, to describe you when is, you're not there. Right, okay. But is this not also... Um, is, is this not also something that really only can work if work is the right word for famous people? Now, obviously, what Douglas Murray was saying was you, you might as well just say, look at me, look at me. And so... It's attention-seeking behaviour, I think we can certainly agree on that. But only the, only the celebrity can do this because they've got this platform to announce to the world what, they're, what, in they, what they consider to be their pronouns and have it spread virally via the media uh, so that when you do walk down the street and see Sam Smith... You can go, he's a they and a them, rather than a he or a she, because he announced to the world. Whereas actually, the man, woman, slash LGBT, XYZ person on the street doesn't have that ability. If they announce it on Twitter, then only their Twitter followers are going to know, and the man on the street isn't going to know. Unless you've got one of these necklaces. Well, exactly. So this, this is very much this spoilt, famous person thing isn't it it's 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 something that really only they can have any hope of doing do you, do you kind of get my point i do and i'm just thinking now if these necklaces are going to be required then kind of the, the, the capitalist in me is thinking well actually we can manufacture these things and we can make a lot of money by providing <laughs> value to people but then are we wrong side of the culture war isn't it uh, yeah i think um i think i wouldn't want to be a part of that <laughs> well it depends all right it depends if there's a law mandating them which I don't think uh, we'd be in favour of, but that uh, uh, still, if there's if there's money to be made on it, then uh, then go for it. My other question. So, uh, yeah, as I say, this is this is this is if, this is a famous person problem, isn't it? But what about the French? What are the what are the French? Do French have the French have this problem? I mean, everything—a table, a chair—everything's either masculine or feminine. Do they do they do they have this same woke issue with with their culture? But it's, it's lots of other languages as well, isn't it? French, German, Italian—they all have different gendered, um, you know, objects. And what if the table wants to be non-binary? No. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, monkeys don't have this problem either. And no. neither do any any other animals. No. Although, if you watch uh, any kind of episode of uh, uh, a BBC Blue Planet type uh, series with David Attenborough, then they'll they will always they will always manage to find uh, a species that uh, that can spontaneously or otherwise uh, change sex. They 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 absolutely love it. It's like 
It's like they've got their own little woke quota, even for natural history now. Uh, and, and obviously the point is, yes, this is a very, very specific type of fish that, uh, if there aren't enough males around, will will uh, will become a female, or you know, whatever whatever it is. Um, and um, if, they, if these woke lefties wanted to do that, and and, and they could actually could, I'd have this, no, I'd have no problem. But with my it. point is, this is it, not only is this a very very tiny 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 minority of species on this planet, um, but it's, it it evolved because it 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 was useful to do that. Yeah, and it's also entirely biological. It can be explained with science. So forget all your BBC wokeness for a second. Yeah. Um, one of the points I wanted to make about this as well. So it's the, it is the, the non-binaries and your gender fluid, gender queer people, uh, you know, your woke leftists that are, in my mind, causing all the issues. So you, you have lots of people who want to change gender or change sex and go from being a man to a woman or, or, or vice versa. These are, these are normally really reasonable people and they just don't want to be the sex that they were born with and they just want to be the other one so they want to go from being known as a he to being known as a she and, and the point is it is binary for them they they feel like they're in the body correct and yes. they will take steps to make them look, make themselves look like a woman for example so that you would naturally use the other pronoun yes it's these people in the middle um you know the sam smiths and and, and you woke leftists uh, who are causing all these issues? If you know, if if, if they if they weren't around, uh, and it was just people changing from one to the other, we wouldn't we wouldn't have much of a problem. No, because it would be obvious. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. That's why you use a certain pronoun because it is obvious. Don't you also think that it's a it's a real butchering of the English language to say gender non-binary, not non-binary gender, or even I hate I hate I hate all of it, but it's. They're, they're always coming up with a new word. I mean, we don't even know what the definitions of these things are, do we? Well, there's about 70-odd, isn't there, apparently? The list is oh, growing you, every day. Right, did you see... Um, oh, this is Titania McGrath. I did, I did. You see, is. I thought this... So, for our listener, um, Titania McGrath, uh, which is a, uh, a parody Twitter account... Run by the comedian Andrew Doyle. Andrew Doyle, who is... Um, he's, he's, quite, he's quite lefty, actually, isn't he? Um, uh, but, uh, but he is... Very, very clever, and uh, uh, and he hates work culture, and it's it's all about parodying work culture. So Tanya McGrath came up with quite a large table of pronouns. I think it was, wasn't it? Um, for for every every type of combination you think of, and it was and it was all like you know Z, Zim, Zer, and all this kind of stuff. And it was almost every letter of the alphabet. In fact, I think every letter of the alphabet was used more than once with all of these different ones, and there were. There were the so-called real ones, the ones that genuinely people think should be used. All of this rubbish in between, but there were some proper gotchas. Like you had to, you had to really look. There's look a WTF, I think, there somewhere, wasn't yeah. there? Um, <laughs> That's the one I was going to mention. Yeah, um, there, there were some really, really, really daft ones in there as well. But it just, it, it really highlighted to me that you couldn't, you couldn't possibly not get caught out by this uh, as a, as a a person of binary, <laughs> if, if you had to carry this around with you, or um, or everyone had to be labelled um, with uh, with their zzimzers, it would just it would just be impossible. It would make it would just make communication really difficult. And this is the I think. Well, I, I forget people's names. Yeah. So how am I supposed to remember? him over there? Yeah. How am I supposed to remember everyone's pronouns as well? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so the, the other thing that's been happening, so we, we started at the beginning saying that we wanted to talk about language and about words. And then the whole of the week was uh, spent in the media talking about uh, the use of language and words in Parliament. Oh, you did Boris Johnson, Jeffrey Cox, these people. Yeah. So, right, I watched. Now, I haven't watched anything in Parliament for months and months and months. Just, just bored by them now. You know, why would I watch them witter on? Um, but because of the, um, the, the voiding of the um, prorogation of Parliament, for want of a better term, I thought, you know what, let's just, let's just turn the TV on when they come back, see if Burko, see how snooty Burko is, and then see, uh, see what Jeffrey Cox has to say, who was the first person to um, make a statement and you know, take questions or whatever. Uh, this is the uh, Attorney General. And Jeffrey Cox, for those of you who don't know Jeffrey Cox, he has this amazing booming voice, and he has such presence. And at the dispatch box, he just owns the entire room and he speaks forward and he speaks to the side and he speaks to the people behind him and he's you know, he's gesticulating and well, you're he's... gesticulating right now exactly trying to, trying to emulate him but it's because he just absolutely owns the room uh, and so he's he's great to listen to and so I was like, oh, do you know what? Let's, let's just give him five minutes burko said his bit wasn't too snooty for burko and then jeffrey cox started and he was obviously answering questions he was you know the reason it was the attorney general was because uh, the Supreme Court has ruled, you know, that the government, government's actions were unlawful. Which let's be very clear, different from against the law. It it's not illegal. illegal. Yeah. Um, uh, albeit that's obviously uh, twisted and, and spun. Um, and so he was there to answer questions about that. And he did so very, very well. I, I understood it more listening to him for five or ten minutes. And I suppose my point is that I listened to what he had to say. I listened to the people who were trying to make a point against him. And I was like, no, what you're saying is a, a, a reasonable point about how this should be. Not least of which uh, was on uh, the fact that it, it, you know, people were calling for him to resign, which is obviously nonsense. He gave advice. The advice at the time, by dictionary definition, was not unlawful when he gave the advice. And not only uh, did he give the advice, but you know, the highest law officer in the land, higher actually than the, member, the, the members on that Supreme Court panel, the Lord Chief Justice agreed with him and said so in the High Court, and the Master of the Rolls, all these other, all these other very, very high up um, legal positions in our country, all agreed with him. And, and he's like, "Are you calling for all of them to resign as well?" Of course you're not. Yeah, this is the way this works. But he spent about half an hour just warming up. And again, I just found myself watching it for this entire amount of time, really rooting for him. And then I think it was good old um, uh, now independent Rory Stewart who he, I don't know what it was, whether it was just the timing, whether he waited for him or someone like him uh, to ask a particular question. And then he just laid into the House of Commons and particularly, obviously, the other side, um, calling it a dead parliament and a disgrace. Uh, he said it has no moral right to sit. Uh, he called the other side cowardly repeatedly. Uh, and he just, he, he just let loose. Uh, and, 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 and they loved it. It was brilliant. Uh, and it actually then provoked a response on certainly the Labour and the SNP and the Lib Dem sides, where they started getting quite hot under the colour and, uh, and shouting stuff back. Uh, and I think, 
I think by the end of the day, so this was just in the middle of the day, Boris Johnson then spoke later, I didn't even see him speak. By the end of the day, uh, I think Berko was calling it the most toxic environment he'd seen in 20 years and all this kind of stuff. All who's because in, of words. But who's, who's in control of this environment? Well, let's be very clear, he is supposed to be, and he's supposed to be following uh, precedent, which he doesn't like to do. But this is words. These are words. Well, so Jeffrey Cox, didn't he, didn't he say something like these turkeys won't be able to vote away Christmas or... Yeah, these tur- soon the time will come and these turkeys won't be able to prevent Christmas. Yeah, and so he was called up for that the next day, some and Labour MP. Boris was, was called up for calling it the Surrender Act and saying the word humbug and, uh, and a few what, things. I think they were using the words like traitor. Surrender Act, what's better than that? Betrayal Bill? Well, in fact, right, so he's doubled down on this, actually, uh, which I think is good for him. So he gave an article to The Telegraph uh, yesterday, I think, where he said, well, maybe, maybe a better term would be Abject Capitulation Act then. <laughs> um, but what, what on earth is wrong with using the word surrender? Oh, I, just, I, just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see it. In fact, in fact, even, I suppose she's not on his side anymore, uh, Amber Rudd, she's one of the lost the whip isn't she or she she quit afterwards or yeah um uh, she said it was inciting violence she's a former home secretary and she thinks that using humbug and surrender is inciting violence so if if you are okay let let me give you a scenario and i don't agree with that legislation to be fair let's be clear i don't i don't think that in the incitement of violence should be illegal. Well, just 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 move move from that, Put that for, aside. for a moment. Let me give you a situation. So, without discussing the bill itself, let's let's say we were being betrayed. Is it now that we can't mention that we're being betrayed if we are being betrayed? Yeah. So not not only are we not only are potentially we being betrayed, you're not allowed to call them up on it either. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? Well, and these are these are the same people who used to call the spare room subsidy a bedroom tax so they're, they're, yeah. they're fine doing it on their side yeah well but every almost every single member of parliament that has called out this language uh you know guido fawkes has been just you know, picking the little videos and tweets of them doing exactly the same thing in fact so uh coming back to that phrase uh and so it was um uh somebody asked jeffrey cox uh, a question, and he said, "That is what is known in the law and legal industry as the uh, so when did you stop beating your wife?' question, as you referred to earlier." Uh, and he he did not accept the premise. Uh, and then either later that day or the next day, or whatever, some Labour MP uh, gets up and and starts saying how that's offensive to women who have been abused, and yada yada. You, you, you can imagine the the types of stuff. She herself tweeted using that phrase herself just like a year ago or something. I mean, it really is one rule for them and one rule for everyone else. And I mean, thank, thank God that actually the internet is a fairly immutable medium uh, and that there are ways of recording the things that people have written down, even if they choose to sometimes delete them. You know, as long as you've got people screenshotting and you know whatever, whatever else, and reporting on it, um, because they need to be called out for this this in- inherent double standard. Well, I, I think it's only the people on Twitter that they have any hope 
and it's only the people who are who are on their side already, and the people who are on Twitter and Facebook who've got any hope of, of you know, I'm not even convincing because they're they're already you know. On they the, can say track. anything and they'd be on their but side. But they're never, they're never going to convince anyone on the other side. And I don't think they're going to convince ordinary people either. People I, aren't I, that, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think people are stupid. People aren't that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. And I think that, um, that, that the majority of people um, see right through see right through this. Um, albeit, you see, going back to that, uh, what you just said, in fact, what we both just said there about... How were their own, in terms of their own side? They can they say whatever they, whatever they like. Uh, uh, well, and do whatever they like. I mean, you've got Justin Trudeau, who has been caught in photos in blackface, you know, several times. Three, yeah, at least three occasions. Having having a good time at a party. Um, if that, I mean, if that was if that was Boris Johnson, you know, there it, there would there would be riots on the streets, wouldn't there? Um, and and the you know, shouts of racist. Whereas if it's if it's someone on the left, then they're you know, they're just going on a journey and you know all that all that kind of stuff. You're Jerry Demara. Yeah, but but do you also think that? I mean, I think what Douglas Murray has said is that this, and I think you used the phrase earlier, that the woke culture has the tendency to eat itself, and that there is this kind of backlash coming, whereby. Uh, Actually, they can start and then do put a foot wrong, get called out, and then ultimately, you know, what's the modern term now? Cancelled. Um, I love, I love this term. I mean, I've only seen this over the last few months. The idea of cancelling someone um, so that you what pretend they don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's so people people will get banned from from Twitter and from Facebook, uh, that that kind of thing. You know, people will call for uh, people to have the to lose their jobs, all this kind of thing. And is that what cancelling is? It's somehow removing them from all aspects of of, of civil society. Is that? Is that the yeah, idea? it's been it's it's been compared with Stalin removing people from photographs and that. Yeah, kind of thing yes, as well. it's, it's it's erasing them from history down the down the memory hole. Um, <laughs> if you if you read Orwell. So a bit like when the Supreme Court uh, decide that the prorogation of Parliament, it never happened. Yes, we've always been at war with East Asia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where does this end, Andrew? Well, now you're asking. So I, I don't think it will end well. I don't think it will end... Um, I don't think the, the woke leftists... The social justice warriors, I don't think they'll get their way. And I think they're... They're not done yet, though, are they? They're not, but I think they're probably reaching the peak of their power because they're, they're, they've already started to eat their own. Yes. And I don't think they're going, to be, they're going to get much bigger from that. So I think we're going to start seeing them shrink and... Well, I suppose there are sections of the, uh, the media now uh, that are expressing this dismay or at least explaining... And showing how daft it is, you know the the fact that Douglas Murray is writing a book that the you know that Titania McGrath has written a book. These things are out there now. It's there. It's, someone's waving the flag, saying this is really stupid. But even even people like like so John Cleese was was, was tweeting recently about his his dismay at all this and saying really when you when you well, tell, when, you tell, when, you, when you tell a joke yes you 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 are criticizing someone or yes. something. Uh, it, it, you know, humor is all humor is critical. Well, it's designed somebody's to somebody's going to yeah. be on the wrong side. Yeah. So unless you want to rid the world of all humor, which is possibly what they want to do, then it's not going to happen. 
but I don't, I don't think I think they're reaching the peak of their power and I think we're going to see this movement shrink over the coming months and years yeah I, I, it's my I prediction think, I, do you think it's going to get worse I think it's going I think it's going yeah not worse well okay so what can they do well no no, no. I'm, 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 in order to predict the future I am going to look at the past and it's worse now than it was three months ago and that was worse than it was three months before that, and three months before that, and three months before that. I don't see it levelling off at the moment. I see it getting more and more ridiculous. And I think that it's still, uh, they're still exposing themselves uh, as, as being ridiculous. But I think there's still, you and I are going to be sat here going, oh, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. They came up with what term? What are they talking about now? We're going to be doing this in another year's time. Okay, so can I can I qualify what I just said? Yeah, I think that they will, they will try to do more and more and worse and worse things, and we will probably be having these conversations for a while to come. But I don't think I think their power is diminishing. I think you're getting right. Although it's getting, it, it appears to be getting worse and worse. I think you're getting more and more people coming out on the correct side now as well. Okay, now I think a lot of this depends on the actions of government, and by that I mean every 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 wing, every branch, every um, every agency. You know, there's a there's a there's a big problem I think that over the last five years now uh, that a lot of this work culture stuff has really got under the skin of, of every service that's you know that's delivered to you now via the government, um, and so I think if if from the top down, um, the uh, you know the civil service and uh, you know all these other agencies and whatever, if if there's a change that starts to filter through, then that could have an effect. But I think one of the biggest issues is the BBC, don't you think? And I mean, there there is a slow backlash to the BBC and the woke culture I think and it's you can see that in the number of people who are cancelling their license fee you know their subscriptions essentially difficult to do we talked about this before if you watch live tv or recorded live tv in any way uh, even if it's not on a bbc channel you have to pay the license fee uh, so it's, it's very difficult to do it is a tv tax but the BBC can just keep doing this, can't they? And they do. I mean, I, I don't, I can't listen to anything on Radio Four anymore. You turn it on in the middle of the day, and they're they're talking about some nonsense about about gender or something. I think they are getting less popular, and it's the same with so companies now. But they don't need to be popular. They get the money anyway. The, the, the BBC do, but but companies are trying this as well. So companies are trying to be more woke. That's a very good point. And it's not actually. working. It's not working um, for them. Gillette, with their what was it? Um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? About uh, toxic masculinity, wasn't it? They did a whole advert, didn't they? Um, calling it out. And then people stopped buying the razors. <laughs> Great work, guys. <laughs> well, not, okay, so not, not only... Then this is, this is where... This is, this is another example of potentially the, you know, the left eating itself. So not only did people like you and me thinking, hang on a second, I'm not going to buy razor blades from, from these bozos. Uh, the, the actual, the, the real, the real woke people, the ones who have to get one, have to go one better. This is, this is, this is the issue with virtue signaling. Yes. And that you have to keep being more and more extreme because what was extreme today 
will be normal tomorrow. So in order to stand out from the crowd, of course you, you can't you, you can't signal further. virtue anymore, and, and unless it's uh, it, it's all it's a relative, yeah. Yeah. So not only did the, the people like you and I stop buying razors, but uh, the, the the real woke people identified that they were owned by Procter and Gamble, and Procter and Gamble have done some dodgy things or something like, something they didn't like. Yeah. So they didn't buy them either. So it just goes completely wrong. You you, you might as well not even try to be woke. If you're, if you're a business. I mean, not, not that you or I would... would right, sorry, I thought you were going to say if you're a person. Well, obviously I wouldn't try that, but... Yeah, no, a- absolutely, because you can never win. So, you think that that process has started now? And you I think, think the process has started. I think, I, think there will be exa- I think the examples that we will be discussing will get worse, but there will be... I think that the, the number of people that are buying into this culture, I think, has started to diminish. So okay, that's, that's I mean, my I, odd prediction. I, I hope, I hope you're right. I think. I mean, we, we've only used the term virtue signal here very, very late in this podcast, which is surprising. But when, when I have to remove the Barclays app from my front screen of my phone because it's changed to a bloody rainbow, for whatever it was, it's not, it's not Pride Day or Pride Week anymore. It's Pride Month, isn't it? And it just, and it, it, I was annoyed by it. You know, just just because it's a virtue signal, not because of even the even the uh, the uh, the aspects and aims of a pride movement. It's just the fact that uh, that uh, one of the largest banks of this country has to do that, or it thinks it has to do that, in order to somehow be on the on the good side. And so I think I think there's still an awful lot more corporate virtue signalling to come. Well, yeah, and you talk about from the government as well. So, in the, the so, okay, I'll give you another example. The Metropolitan Police, they identified that they had, had issues with racism. So, one of the things they're doing to combat racism is that if you work in their IT department, you cannot have white lists and black lists anymore. No, you have to have red lists and green lists because you can't you can't distinguish black and white. That's awful. It's racist. So that's how we're going. That's how we're going to fight this racism. Oh, it's, I, I didn't know that. Ridiculous. Red lists and green lists. Okay. Well, I think I think you're allowed safe lists and unsafe lists. You're you're allowed, um, but it's 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 bonkers. Well, on that bonkers note, let's leave it there. Our podcast on language and words and uh, and everything else. Anyway, thank you for listening to Sounding Board. You can go to soundingboard.com and listen to previous episodes or subscribe wherever you're listening to it, whether it's on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher. Please leave us a review or give us a five-star rating, rating, please. Uh, That would really help. Thank you very much.